0: Welcome back to this week's episode of the Nursing Handover podcast. You have your tantalizing trio. We've got Diane, Clarissa, and me, Jerry, back to discuss with you some nursing things that have been happening. Well, not just nursing things, healthcare related, you know how we go. Uh, how are you, ladies? How have your weeks been? Well, we didn't have an episode last week, so how have the last two weeks been?
1: All fine, all fine, just getting on with it, to be honest um, The weather has been up and down, but you know what, I kind of enjoyed the rain But other than that, all good, how are you two girls? Do
2: you know what, I'm alright, you know, tired because I'm in consolidation and all that But, mm-hmm. you know, week by week, just getting on with it, really And you're getting closer week by week I know! <laughs> Before you know it, you will be free. Child? I'm taking a month off when this course is over. One month.
0: I don't blame you. Get your life and enjoy it before you
2: go. God, you deserve
0: to... it. Definitely. Tell me about it. And how yeah. are about you,
1: Jerry? How are you been doing?
0: I've been good. I think it's just been a bit chaotic the last few weeks, as the girls know. There's been a lot of madness going on, but despite that, things have been okay. Can't really complain. Life is good. We're all healthy. That's all that matters. Amen.
1: Amen. How do we feel about Matt Hancock and his scandal and his resignation? That is... <gasps> <my> <gasps> I can't lie.
0: I need to, say to, I need to say it has been the funniest thing this weekend. Just watching all the memes, even the ones that people have put on the, their own ad libs and their own voices to it. I'm sorry, I th- it reminds me of like a telenovela it's just it's just funny (laughs) these are people running our country
2: I mean how can you be on your high horse when you are grabbing up your mistress's bum on camera you're looking out to check nobody's coming that's been going on for a long time must be what Mm
0: -hmm. I want to know I believe
1: so who leaked
0: it do you think it's Dominic Cummins
1: Uh, (laughs) 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 Okay. <laughs> <Imagine>. <laughs> listen those security guards must have been on this video for a while right I bet they were just receiving for that lifetime offer and then i like, fuck it i'm just gonna send it now i've received that offer that's gonna sort me and my family out for life i'm done that's fine
2: like honestly can you imagine a whole health secretary caught
0: groping his aide what <laughs> What makes it worse? Well, he didn't want to give us PPE, but yeah, we're going to work wrapped up in all this plastic. Yet, yeah. was he protected, please? Because he was there was no social distancing in that video. No, there wasn't. And, and
2: can I add, he was hugging her before <laughs> you could be hugging people again.
1: I mean, the disrespect, boy. The disrespect. And you know what? I feel so sorry for her, his wife, as well. His wife must be so upset, and he's left her for her as well. You know, yeah, and her husband, no her respect. husband, yes, Oliver Bonus, guys, no respect.
2: If you saw the insta, he helped her pack the car. That's how real it was.
0: He wanted her gone, man. That's what I think. He wa- He knew Ew. there was something fishy. He wanted her gone. Do you
2: blame him? That embarrassment no. on
0: a poverty public scale. Also, um. Her husband was actually a lot nicer looking than Matt Hancock. Mate, they not even get me started. You know the heart yeah, can confuse you. Boy. We've all,
2: been, we've all been there, where you look at your past conquests and you wonder, what were you doing? But anyway, let's pray for Gina and Matt, guys. Like, you know, let the COVID be with you and whatnot. I don't know what they say, <laughs> but, like, do your thing, it.
0: Boy, oh boy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Even hmm. with that being said, all the Love Island memes that are coming on saying that Matt Hancock should be involved in that too. Oh, I'm, not, like, I I'm excited. Them.
1: I love them. He really should have. No, that would have been too funny, <laughs> honestly. he. But you know what? He just had no respect for his family and above all, he just had no respect for his job as well. He really didn't. No, and no, and no respect
2: for us as the NHS. We, a lot, how many people have been separated from their families for the protecting them? People that have worked in intensive care, people that have sacrificed so much, and there you are enjoying having an affair. You know, how dare
0: you? Like, who do you think you are? You're coming on national TV saying that things like the sex ban and things like that should be in place for how long? When um, what were you doing? You're doing it. You're doing it in the office. I hope those. I hope those places were wiped clean with with um, oh, antibacterial and everything else. Because the way that he was telling us about how to protect ourselves, he was not doing any of it at all. I'm telling you. But let's see what comes out of this. I I wish them nothing but happiness in their newfound relationship.
1: Don't. I'll be real. I don't. (laughs) I don't you know it's just he just doesn't deserve he deserves everything bad coming to him I'm so sorry he's just screwed everyone over like, like Dan said everyone in the NHS his wife the family the government nah he doesn't deserve anything
0: no that was a joke I, I don't wish oh. <laughs> any of that he like he's gonna get his just desserts he will and he's going to I can only say, I can only hope that he pays the price for what he's done, but we shall see.
1: They never take accountability. So it's just upsetting, you know, even when there's an investigation and I'll put in quotation marks, what's the point? Like, you're not going to do anything with the findings. Exactly. Look at the whole Uh... Boris
0: scandal. Boris even went to go and marry his, married his wife, well, now wife, when all that stuff came out about the american lady i know so hancock is just following following his best friend's footsteps i think that's why that's why he couldn't sack him he couldn't sack him because he because
2: they're both birds of the same feather flock together
0: and they're not nice looking you have mop head and boarding and these and this is what women want guys look at your eyes they're no, not nice. It's not easy, you know. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. But with that being said, I think that kind of ties into what this week's topic is all about:
1: representation in healthcare settings.
0: Mm-hmm. Because can't lie, if our own health secretary can't represent us properly, who else can? Amen. Amen. That is so true. But anyway, continuing, we were mainly within ourselves, we were talking about the way that healthcare isn't truly represented by our own staff and how certain teams are just not flourishing because people just don't want to try new ideas and try new, just new things out, which would actually benefit them in the long run. But as much as you can share your ideas and things like that, how many people really take it on board? (laughs) <laughs> this is it. And
1: are they willing to change? Like, like, you said, there's not many people that are just willing to change. And mm. even if they see that it needs to be changed, they just can't be bothered. There's no motivation in them.
0: Exactly. And I can't lie. From from now working in the community setting, you, I feel like I need a place that's. Fo- I need to work somewhere that's fast-paced and innovation is key. Uh. Otherwise, what what's there for me? Nothing. I couldn't agree with you more if you're
2: gonna try and appeal to the masses and you're gonna try and recruit more people you do need something that is how can I say not wow but it appeals to everyone and every mm. type of person because if you want to access to service and engage people relate more to people that look like them or understand them or have a familiarity that they can Oh, yeah. I, I resonate with that person or there's somehow we link or There's a mutual like or agreement where there's something
1: in common. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And it needs to represent the community, like definitely, because for cultural reasons, and and like that you pointedly said, the patient needs to be able to feel comfortable with us and feel Mm. like we understand them and the cultural needs you know and the the staff should represent that and they shouldn't feel awkward going to a setting and they feel oh you know what I may be neglected you know there's no one that I can see I can be comfortable with or familiarize myself with Mm.
0: yeah with that being said well, I'm guessing that we've all been patients in like our local hospitals and that. So, in comparison to like being a patient within like your local trust, whether it's community-wise or acutely, in in comparison to where you work, do you feel like where you where you've been a patient, you've been represented? I
1: luckily haven't been an inpatient, mm-hmm. but I can see the differences as a staff nurse though but as an inpatient i haven't had that experience as of yet fair enough no that's fine but like can you see the difference well you said you can see the difference yeah and
0: i can see the difference yeah i think Um, it's major because i can see the difference because like i've had a few inpatient stays um and you can just feel the difference how you're treated regardless whether they know you're a nurse or whatever like that but Mm. it just feels like people either don't make the well I don't know how you feel Diane it just feels like people don't make the effort because I'm black or just Mm -hmm. this goes back to you remember the episode we had with Remy about like the black maternity scandal however like people just feel like you know that black people can just deal with pain and don't require it and things like that Mm.
1: But the thing is, there are, and I was, you know, talking about this, I was showing my brother the other week. There are studies to back this up. There are studies that show there is discrimination within healthcare. And even mm-hmm. if one wants to stand there and say, oh, but I'm not racist, you may not be intentionally racist, but you may have unconscious racial bias. And this is something that goes on within the healthcare system. And we have statistics to back up. And if we're talking about maternal care, you know, I've got the statistic right here. It shows, um, bear with me, let me just grab it quickly. And it's a shocking difference. So 40 mothers per 100,000 pregnancies compared to, for example, an Asian woman, 15 per 100,000. Wow. That alone dying, says it there. Yeah. Of women dying during or up to six weeks after pregnancy. Jesus.
0: You know, like I'm not saying this just down to like maternal care. I feel like this is across the board. Yeah, like we've this? had we've had things, for example, like I'm not sure if you guys heard about um I wanna say I've forgotten his name. There was a boy, there was a guy, sorry, who died at I think it was North Mid. What of his sickle um, cell? Yeah, he has sickle oh, cell, yes. and people just didn't listen to him to the point that he's in hospital and he's still calling nine nine nine.
1: Who were those? And nurses? that's because, and that's simply because those nurses and the doctors and the consultants they didn't understand the type of uh, the type of condition that he had, and I do believe that's down to cult, uh, uh, accommodating one's cultural needs as well. Mm. And ignorance.
0: You know? yeah. yes. Because if someone's yeah. in pain, you shouldn't why how can you justify how much pain someone's in? This mm. is it. Yeah. Pain is subjective. You can't judge. Exactly. Because I can easily sit here and say between the three of us, all of our pain thresholds are different. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Of course. But I'm not I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you know, Diane's pain isn't that much, neither is Clarissa's. I've got the I've got the power. Like, not at all. Because what I may feel is very different to what Diane will feel and very different to how Clarissa would feel. Yeah, Who are we to judge? But I feel yeah. like that particular bias happens everywhere. And not just down to pain, just... I guess when people look at you, they feel uh-huh. like they can, they can read you like a book and that there's certain things that you want and that's just it. That's why you're here. Like, you're not really sick, but... If I'm accessing a service, who are you to make that decision? Exactly.
1: And I, I've got a study up um, from the Journal of Public Health, mm-hmm. and it literally says here, um, oh, where is it? Most healthcare providers appear to have implicit bias in terms of positive attitudes towards whites and negative attitudes towards people of color. So you know, this is something that needs to be. Raised, there needs to be. We need to raise awareness in regards to implicit racial bias mm-hmm. among healthcare professionals. You know, it it has to be done because it does affect
0: people. Have you guys? Well, no, well, you guys, I'm, I'm guessing, have also worked in tertiary centres and specialist centres, haven't you? Yeah. And even there, like how we were talking before there is such a big divide in regards to like the nursing or slash medical staff who are looking after patient after the patients, people they want are. to see people like yourself because you mm-hmm. want to know that you're being cared for the best way out. And also we have very vast cultural differences yeah. that different people can, can be there to help with. And for example, from my own experiences from working in specialist centres, I don't want to say it hasn't been that good, but it's also one of the reasons I left, because there wasn't people like me there. What mm. in a in a team of like 200 staff, what you're gonna tell me there's only like five black people? Mm. Right? Yeah. But yeah, on your recruitment poster, all the colours of the rainbow are there. So who are these people?
1: No, I hear you. And also I think the higher-ups as well, like your band sevens, the band eights, and those who are doing interviews, like I, I'm I'm Caucasian, but all the people that have interviewed me have been either white or Asian or Filipino. I haven't had other other ethnic minorities as well. This is very so, interesting. Yeah. And I've you know, I was I was as we were talking before, I do wonder is there a quota that needs to be met? Is there no quota? How do they know that they're not you know? Being racially biased, like, how do they make sure this doesn't happen? Like I said, there are studies to back up that this happens in healthcare, and what what mm-hmm. measures are we doing to stop this? Mm. The question is, are they? Do they want to stop this? Mm.
0: Because, from my experience in the specialist centre, yes, uh, I don't. How do I say this without sounding racist? Yes, there was a lot of more white people than other ethnic minorities however they weren't representing the demographic of the patients they were looking after and Mm. you could tell that if they were looking after a black or other ethnic child all the the judgy ideas and prejudice why can't i say that word prejudice
1: prejudice
0: that um would come (laughs) out and it's like you have to keep reminding them like this is their culture you shouldn't be here judging them or making fun of it behind closed doors if this is how they want to care for their child we have to be open and will oh their child or adult whoever we have to be open and willing to accept that
1: you accommodate their needs and you make exactly. it happen I just don't understand why it just, that but you know what it baffles it just baffles me maybe it's because of where I, where I've grown up, the schools I've been to, or it's just common sense. How can you not accommodate that? I don't. I just I I I can't wrap my head around it. I can't. I definitely <laughs> think it's to
0: do with how we've grown up. Because like the three of us, yes, we've grown up from different sides of London. We've grown we've grown up in London. It's a big multicultural city. Yeah. Our schools alone. Well, i guess well you two went to school together, but I'm guessing yeah. your school was mixed. Like my school. My year group was like 50% Asian, 49% black, 1% yeah. white. So I think that was the... somewhat
1: similar to Greycoats. What do you think, Diane?
2: I would say like, yeah, we, and I can't lie to you, it's funny, because I grew up in an area where my whole primary school life, I was the minority when I got to yeah. secondary school, and I became part of the majority. And that's where I became very in touch with my African side and embraced it a lot more mm-hmm. than I did when I was younger. Um, and working in a London hospital that is in the centre of London, very busy, I expect to look at my team and think, yeah, we represent who we serve, Yeah, you know, but my reality was not that.
0: It wasn't. And do you, have you also found that you are passed on opportunities because you didn't fit the narrative or didn't have the face for the brand?
2: Yes, in a way of when I when I felt I brought ideas to the table, they weren't really taken on board. Mm-hmm. If I tried to contribute to improving the service in a kind of way, it wasn't really taken on board. And those are the kind of things that made me decide, well, you either stay here and become very frustrated or you move on.
0: Yeah, you know, I can't know, I'll move you there. You know? I'm I can't, if I get that feeling, I've got the itch to leave. The itch to leave and find something else. If you're, I'm not saying that you have to take on my ideas, but if there's no innovation or you're not seeing that this is clearly an issue, why am
1: I here? I'm going to play devil's advocate though, but is getting up and leaving the right thing to do? Do you sometimes think maybe? in there and keep drilling it in drilling it and drilling it in and it might just break through one day I'm only playing devil's advocate because obviously no, no, that, I would fine. get up and leave as well <laughs>
0: but, I, I totally know. get where you're coming from because you want to see what that things can be changed yeah I think you also get to your limits there's only so 100%. much passing over that I could do I think one of the places I worked I was just very lucky because for everything because everyone wanted to do it our names got picked out of a hat And my name was a name that got picked out of the hat for, like, everything. So, within a short space of time, I did a lot of things and then left anyway. But, so, I'm thankful for that. And that's just the way they did things. But I know there's other places that, you know, you've got to wait your turn. Like, which to me is baffling because if you've come from a place that I got everything so quickly, don't get me wrong, people do have to wait, essentially, But then you're saying, like, I'm not going to get a chance to do a course for the next five years. The fact you think I'm going to be here for five years waiting for that course is a joke. I'm sorry, not happening. Mm. But I think I don't know whether that's just my mindset or the generation that we come from, as in we're very much get up and go. I'm not going to sit here and wait. Whereas I guess some of the older people you talk to will be like, I've done it for this long. I can wait a little bit longer. But who's to say that's going to happen? See,
2: yeah, and again, I don't know, it's a funny one, because I kind of feel like when you're in an environment where you're kind of being oppressed in a passive way, yeah. your confidence, you lose your confidence, you don't maybe practice to the best of your ability, you don't feel like you can be heard, you just start to toe the line. Yeah, And what does that do for your own personal growth and development? Nothing. It stunts it completely, you know? But and then you wonder what...
0: why you're seeing others who Move. have done less come and Go flourish. Out.
2: Yeah. And the issue is you have to be careful because you can be deemed to be the angry black person who's not doing enough for yourself and you're not pushing yourself enough in your career. But at the same time, who can you go to and say, I feel like I'm being overlooked?
0: Yeah. And if I'm sorry, if if I don't see other people like myself, who can I go and talk to? Yeah, exactly. It's hard. It is very difficult. And as much as people want to say there's no racism and things like this in the NHS, that's a lie. It is. It really is there. It's very much there. And... I just wish that some of these specialist centres would really take a proper good look at their team. Mm. It's not... And also recognise that your patients really do see your team and they, they do speak about it.
2: They do. Like, I know I, for one, when I spent time in the unit I worked in in London, I was asked by parents who looked like me why mm-hmm. there was not many people that looked like me here. And what do you say to that? What do you say? How do you I respond? Wish I had an answer. Yeah, like, what do you say? And I think, I actually think we should, we should, if we can, get a manager on because it would be interesting to see it from an executive perspective or managerial perspective. Yeah. Like, what do you do when the team you, you manage or you lead doesn't represent population that you serve how do you feel and do you do anything to try and make that better or improve that
1: yeah Mm -hmm. i'm just shocked that obviously we're all from london but from the stories you tell told me i'm genuinely shocked and the places you two have worked and knowing what community there is there there was a lack of representation that that that's 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 that hurts me being a caucasian woman to know that that's because I know how that can affect patient outcome how that can affect patient experience and Mm -hmm. it's just disheartening you know and how can they not see that they obviously do and I'm questioning like I'm questioning are they just not paying mind to it do they just not care why is no one picking this up why is no one challenging it you know it's do we need to have quotas in place? Because I know some other workplaces, some external private ones, they have quotas. But then do we need quotas? Do we have to get to that stage where we need quotas during interviewers in, reg- in regards to hiring people? You know, there's, there's so many questions I just don't have the answers for. But
0: then even by you saying that, even down to interview questions, there's certain ways you can ask a white person a question yeah. And certain ways you'll ask a black person a question. Yeah. And that will determine whether you're hiring them or not. If that makes mm. sense. Mm. Like the conversational tone. I'm not saying that, you know, you should come out here and use ebonics and stuff like that because that's just very inappropriate. But it's it's the way that people talk to you. Like if yeah. me and you went for an interview, Clarissa, hand on heart, they will be, as much as yeah. they'll be asking us the same questions. There'll be a different way they'll say it to you and a different yeah. way they'll say it to me.
1: And you know what? Like, no, I, I, can, I get what you're saying. And I also wonder, even though it's the same questions, whether they've already judged us. Let's be honest. If, again, from implicit bias, you know, like, I believe that does happen.
0: Exactly. Let's be honest. From the moment you walk through that door, they're looking at you. Mm-hmm. And even down to your application as much as they say it's 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 point based xyz from the moment they've got like their short listing candidates they're screening your names for example I'm not going to say my, my full government name but I've had people turn around and say like you know you don't sound like you're Ghanaian like I would have thought you were mixed race or something because of your surname mm. your name. whereas to me I'm just like I'm very much African I'm yeah. very much black, and I've never hid that. Whereas, it, it, and this is not even nursing-related. Like I've done telephone interviews pre-nursing, and then you go into these interviews in person afterwards, and they're shocked to see that I'm black. Why? Cause mm. I can speak English. I know. It's funny. I feel like you're always
2: having to prove yourself. Yeah, that's that's the unfortunate thing, and you find. But- in the specialist areas it's not the tough survive because that's the wrong thing to say but I think emotionally and mentally you go through so much yeah um yeah you go through a lot and it's not easy to be in an environment where sometimes you can't be your authentic self because
0: how will you be received you don't know Exactly. You don't want to come across, af- well, I, I, I guess, I don't know, I'm speaking for me and Diane here, but you don't want mm. to come across as the angry black woman or yeah. the aggressive one or because you've said something, someone's going to interpret it in a certain way when it's See, not meant like that at all.
1: This is This is why I like to have these conversations about race, because as a white person, I actually have gone out of my way to do my research and to actually ask challenging questions that may make me sound ignorant, but it's because I want to know. Yes. I want to know whether some of like, whether the other like other white people are the white ethnic minorities, like, do they go out of the way to understand half of the things that the black communities go through? Like, I want to know, like, I really do think- they put themselves out there? Do they want to understand?
0: I really think it depends on the demographic of where you work. Like, if we're talking work-wise, I think it depends on the demographic of your work and what the senior team is like and how people are willing to work together. Because there's other places I've worked that, you know, the team may be white, but they're all clued up. And, you know, they won't let certain things slide. If they see something, they will definitely speak up on it. Whereas you've got other, place, other places that are pretend like, you know, they're legally blind. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I hear that. So yeah, I, I've seen I, that, I think. Yeah. yeah, so I think it's... just depends on where it depends. you're working. Yeah, and it also
0: depends on, I guess, the actual personal lives of these people. Because, if, like you said about yourself, like, you know, you've taken the time out to research this and look into it and ask those questions and you know, be willing to stand up and do certain things. Whereas some people Understand. would just seem be like, it's not my issue.
1: You know, I think you're right in regards to your your personal life as well, because I feel like if I probably went to a different school, if I probably didn't go great codes, I probably wouldn't have this way of thinking. And I do think it stems from then. Mm. Because there's been, there's been, I mean, Diane, I think I can speak for this. There's been times where there was some racial discrimination at school and it was evident yes yes definitely and even though there was like most of the school I think probably 10% was white there was still a lot of racial discrimination Mm. and if it wasn't for going to a multicultural school I don't know how I would be thinking I probably wouldn't have been as exposed exactly so it does it does make a difference what your personal life holds as well because that does influence your working life your perspective
0: towards it because it's it's how you understand it if for example if you've gone to a school that is completely mixed, you've been around like black and Asian and other ethnic minorities all your life you wouldn't i wouldn't i don't want to say you wouldn't see color, but you're more likely to uh, i wouldn't even say un- completely understand but you're more you're more likely to be able to understand more than someone that lives in somewhere that's completely rural and they've never seen a black person until they go to uni mm. You get what crazy. I
1: mean. And okay. even, even okay.
0: go into uni, some people have never seen a black person completely, like you know, they just see us on the TV. Because I, let's be yeah. honest, when you look at race in the UK, the ethnic minority doesn't make anything compared to the numbers of white people in the country. Yeah. Like we're literally a dot. It's just we seem to live in very highly populated, dense densely populated areas such as London and big cities and things like that where we see people like ourselves Mm. if you go out to like certain villages honestly you'd be the only person in the village no it's true and these are the things that people don't think about I
2: remember having a conversation with a member of staff in my old workplace I remember saying to her I can't just live anywhere like I have to go and check the area out I need to make sure that people that look like me are in the area. You know, Even down I need to, to school. go to the shopping center. I need to go to the schools. I need to go to the bars. Like, I need to be comfortable because that's the things I have to worry about that you don't have to worry about. And people don't think about things like that. They don't because they don't have to, luckily for, for them. But for someone who looks like me, unfortunately, those are all the things I have to consider. I mean, I don't know if for you, Jerry, like growing up, we were always told you have to work 10 times harder than them no and that's that's a given always and it's like embedded in us as children you see that yeah they yeah you need to work harder than them because you'll be so good you could even be better than them but because of how you look you might not get the job and that's that's a harsh reality and people might listen and think to us, gosh if you guys are so dated and you're saying stuff that don't exist anymore but I think they resonate even more now. Um, and that's why it's so amazing to see a diverse amount of people who are creatives and doing, having their own businesses and flourishing in different ways. Because yeah. they're giving those role model, I say role model vibes, but they're showing our younger generation who are coming up that mm-hmm. you can do it, you are able, you can be in these kind of positions and be respected for your talent. And for yeah. your creativity and your growth and your intellect which definitely I feel like in healthcare we need more leaders
0: who are diverse mm-hmm. I agree with you because yeah. I find like healthcare can be quite outdated and stagnant yeah but as we know when it, people get into certain positions they're not going anywhere unless they're moving or have died yeah mm-hmm. mm-hmm. or it's something to do with their family exactly or retirement True. so yeah. when people get stuck in those certain places they just stay there until kingdom come and people get um what's the word what's the Complac- bo- word that's it complacent sorry i'm really dumb sorry no, um, you're not.
1: <laughs> it's baby brain.
0: boy um they get very complacent with with their ideas and realise that things just don't happen the way they're supposed to happen. Mm. And they get comfortable because I can't lie. If I'm I'm making my 50, 60, 70, 100K and I'm living comfortably, as much as I'm going to say I care about the little people, I don't care about the little people. I care about my my bills being paid. This is it. So if I've got to do what I need to do to make sure my bills and stuff are paid and my family's looked after that's what I'm going to do. Mm.
1: And I think that's the reality of it,
0: to be honest, you know? Yeah. But even, so going alongside with that, I think there was one thing, I think when I, I, there was one day I spent with our lead in school health and we spoke about, like, the area I work in and it's very deprived and things like that. And she herself even said, it's nice to see that now they're getting a lot more black and ethnic minorities working in school health and health visiting and things like this because it's showing those children and young people that we're working with that there's people like them in these positions. They're not just looking and seeing other faces that don't represent them, Like yeah. they can see that people like them are actually try, striving for success. They're doing it this route, one, because it's the right route. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go work in the NHS. What I mean by that is like, you know, we're not dabbling in things like crime and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, But more so, like, if you have a career opportunity that you want to achieve, you can achieve it. It may take a bit longer, but you will get there. Yes. You just need to push and work hard.
1: I think that's, I think, again, it all comes down to representation. And I think it's such an underrated influence.
0: People don't understand
1: how influential it is. People don't understand how important it is for the young community to see that, you know? Yeah. And the influence that it has is massive. Absolutely.
0: So I can only hope that people take this from our conversation today that, you know, open your eyes and strive for change. And also, make those changes bridge those gaps because you don't know who you're impacting and in terms of our patients service users whatever people want to call them um they see a lot more than we think yeah or, like they they remember us than we remember them we end up playing such an important role in these people's lives regardless how big or small how long or short we're involved in their lives Make it the best way possible as much as we say, like, you know, you want to deliver the best care possible, deliver that care. Yeah, don't be judgmental just because you don't know something. Like, go out and seek and learn, and this is it. mm -hmm, It's not just down to paperwork and things like that. Yes, sadly, that comes with the role. As we all know, nursing and healthcare has become more Mm. academic than vocational, Mm. but remember why you went into the job exactly. and take it from there regardless of how high up you get those are the key attributes to the to the main role that's why you went into it you didn't go it well some people did but you didn't go into it because it's just a job
1: no no and also I think it's important like just know the demographics that you're working in know the demographics yeah you know for example if the demographic is going to be for example Bangladeshi community learn about the da- Bangladeshi culture do research about the Bangladeshi culture and, and what they need and what they would like go yeah. out of your way to make sure you're you're you know you're accommodating their cultural needs you know I and like you guys said if you work in an environment and you feel like oh, I can't get the words out of my mouth now but you're working on a ward and you do see that the ward is not representing the community you're working in. Go out of your way to understand your community. Go out of your way to understand the culture. Just go out of your way, you know, it's, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But let me stop there. (laughs)
2: But I I would say, you know, it starts from the top. Mm -hmm. Leaders have followers. Yeah. And in order for people to receive the message we're kind of discussing and to have that awareness they need to be led in that way Mm -hmm. and they need to be corrected and they need to be taught Mm -hmm. and it's for some people the elephant in the room because they find it uncomfortable well you should be uncomfortable because if you're struggling to talk about something that's in your face then that's that's your own problem and Mm -hmm. you need to be accountable for that and I think any professional in healthcare a nurse a physio a doctor an occupational therapist a hca a student nurse a student midwife any of us that are in these roles we have a duty of care to educate ourselves and yeah. to call people out when necessary you know mm-hmm. to say I can see this thing or I can see something we can do this and even just suggesting is playing your part yeah you know? So, you know, like I think when I look at society now, in the next 10 years, I think you're not going to have a pure, not a pure person. You're not going to have somebody that's just of one culture. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like how you have a child is half this and half that. Like, I think it's going to be hard to see that. We're going to be so integrated and so diverse and we need to catch up. We need to get on with it you know it's not we're not gonna we're not going to undilute we are diluted very much so it's not going anywhere we're the rainbow now so it's time to get with the times get on with it yeah exactly
1: i agree and i think one more note especially for those and this is only from my experience so i can't i could be wrong if you're coming to london if you're going to come from out of london and you're coming to London to work in the NHS know you're going to be working and working with a multicultural society Mm -hmm. you know get clued up about these issues that are going on because not living in a multicultural society like London your mentality your perspective will be completely different and you need to and that does need to be changed if you're coming to London just a heads up Definitely.
0: I couldn't agree more, to be honest. And I think that's pretty much said it all.
1: Uh And people, and yeah, and I want people to look and research implicit bias or unconscious bias, because this is a topic that I think a lot of white people and others who aren't white don't, don't want to admit you know Mm. I think when I so for example when I speak to my white friends about unconscious bias it's they do get their backs up and it's not because I'm not calling them racist I'm not but I do believe a lot of people and a lot of white people do have this unconscious bias and they don't they're not aware of it please do your research on it because it's actually quite important and it's actually quite interesting You know, it's subconscious, we're not gonna actively think on it, just do your research on it, because trust me, it impacts in everyday living.
0: Mm. Again, like Clarissa said, especially living in this society that we live in, whether you live in a place that doesn't see multicultural people or whether it does, just open your eyes and just Mm -hmm. be because you are that family's lifeline we as nurses and other health professionals, we are there right from the beginning to the end of life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, we see a lot, again, this is, I said this earlier, we see a lot and we do a lot of things like people remember us for what we do for them yeah. rather than us remembering our patients. So I think keep that in mind and that's both the positive and the negatives. Yeah. Because if you had a horrible nurse, you trust me, you would never forget her. hmm yeah. mm-hmm. You wouldn't. The same way, if you had someone that went above and beyond, you'll never forget him or her. So, just keep your eyes peeled and do the best you can. Really. On that note, I think it's time to call it a day. What Mm do you guys think? So, guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Again, as I always say, hit us up with any feedback and. All that jazz. Like, share, subscribe. Send it to your friends who are nurses. Send it to your friends who are not nurses. Send it to anyone. Mm -hmm. And yeah, keep on, keep on listening and sharing. I promise you guys. We've just had the reason why we didn't have an episode last week. There was just a lot of things going on, and life kind of got busy. (laughs) Yeah, I can't lie. As much as you know, we enjoy doing this podcast. Life has been getting quite busy. So yeah
2: and we promise da- real the real the raw like this is what it is you know yeah, yeah. This is
0: what it is. there are some things we just can't run from it's life yeah uh-huh. so have a good week guys enjoy love island because it's back um, <laughs> <laughs> and we can discuss what we think about love island and everything else again next week um but yeah, so have a great week, guys. As always, feel free to hit us up on our Instagram, our social pages. Our Instagram page is at the Nursing Handover Podcast. Our Twitter is at the underscore Handover, and you can hit us up personally. For me, it's Jelly Bean with three L's and two A's. Yeah. For Clarissa, it's at Clarissa Ferrara, and for Diane, it's DD Lutz. And our DMs are always open, so hit us up. We'll be back next week with another episode. Be safe, enjoy, kick back and relax. And take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.